vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best in the day and the night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, be thou my true word. I ever with thee, and thou with me, Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. Welcome again to our Sunday celebration of Mass. Today the whole church celebrates the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. As we begin our Mass, we invite the younger children to go for the Liturgy of the Word in the parish hall today. very warm word of welcome to the boys and girls who are here to be enrolled for the Sacrament of Confirmation. Welcome to their parents and family members and also their sponsors who have come here with them uh, today. Of course, the Sacrament of Confirmation is a very important sacrament. It simply confirms the faith of baptism that we receive often at a very young stage of our life. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to us to give us courage and strength in order to live out that baptismal life. Today you come here, boys and girls, to be enrolled for this special sacrament which you will receive in the new year. As we begin our Mass then, we recognise that we are all walking this baptismal journey of faith. Today in the Gospel we hear of someone who is blind and sometimes we feel sometimes as if we are stumbling around in the dark, but we ourselves are meant to come close always to the light that we have received in baptism and follow that light. To begin the Mass and to offer the Mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. Lord Jesus, your mighty God and Prince of Peace, Lord have mercy. Lord Jesus, your Word of God made flesh and splendour of the Father, Christ have mercy. Lord Jesus, you are the way, the truth and the life, Lord have mercy. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Gloria, gloria, gloria. 
God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father. Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. Glory Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, by whose gift your faithful offer you right and praiseworthy service, grant we pray that we may hasten without stumbling to receive the things you have promised. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. reading from the prophet Jeremiah. The Lord says this, shout with joy for Jacob, hail the chief of nations, proclaim, praise, shout. The Lord has saved his people, the remnant of Israel. See, I will bring them back from the land of the north and gather them from the far ends of the earth, all of them, the blind and the lame, the women with child, the women in labor, a great company returning here. They had left in tears, I will comfort them as I lead them back. I will guide them to streams of water by a smooth path where they will not stumble. For I am the father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn son. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
response to the psalm is, What marvels the Lord worked for us, indeed we were glad. What marvels the Lord worked for us, indeed we were glad. When the Lord delivered Zion from bondage, it seemed like a dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, on our lips there were songs. What marvels the Lord worked for us, The heathens themselves said, What marvels the Lord worked for them. What marvels the Lord worked for us, indeed we were glad. What marvels the Lord worked for us, indeed we were glad. Deliver us, O Lord, from our bondage, as streams in dry land. Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. What marvels the Lord worked for us, indeed we were glad. They go out, they go out, full of tears, carrying seed for the sowing. They come back, they come back, full of song, carrying their sheaves. What more? A reading from a letter to the Hebrews. Every high priest has been taken out of mankind and is appointed to act for men in their relations with God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins, so he can sympathize with those who are ignorant or uncertain, because he too lives and the limitations of weakness. That is why people he has to make sin offerings for himself as well as for the people. No one takes his honour on himself, but each one is called by God as Aaron was. Nor did Christ give himself the glory of becoming high priest, but he had it from the one who said to him, You are my son today. I have become your father. And in another text, you are a priest of the order of Melchizedek and forever. The word of the Lord. be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As Jesus left Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting at the side of the road. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and to say, Son of David, Jesus, have pity on me. And many of them scolded him and told him to keep quiet. But he only shouted all the louder, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man. Courage, they said. Get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he jumped up and went to Jesus. Then Jesus spoke. What do you want me to do for you? Rabuni, the blind man, said, Master, 
let me see again. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has saved you. And immediately his sight returned, and he followed him along the road. The Gospel of the Lord. Homer, sadly today, only evokes in people's mind uh, the name of Homer Simpson. And of course, that American cartoon uh, character who very often gets himself into all sorts of scrapes. But the real Homer was, in actual fact, a Greek scholar from antiquity who wrote some of the most influential poems in the whole history of Western civilization. Two particular poems called the Iliad and the Odyssey. In the Iliad, what happens is that Troy itself is laid siege for ten years. And the book itself tells us the last few weeks of the siege and the conflict between King Agamemnon and Achilles the warrior. The Odyssey tells us about Odysseus himself after the fall of Troy and how he tries to return his homeland. In each of these poems, the great poet Homer is able to do something which few writers are able to do, paint scenes, explore people's motives and the intentions of their hearts. And what he does is create two epic stories which give birth to a million other stories in Western civilization that take up the themes of love and betrayal, of heroism, of courage and deception of stories of people making journeys, journeys by land, but also journeys of discovery about truths of the world and about themselves. What we know and what we believe about Homer himself is that he himself was a blind man. He never saw anything with his own physical eyes. He never saw anything that he was able to portray in words. Never saw men and women with his eyes never saw the landscape, never saw the streetscape. And this makes it even more incredible that he was somehow able to read people's hearts and thoughts and to explore people's intentions and motives and to describe things of great beauty. One of the things that we know about people themselves who have no sight is that very often they have a sixth sense. You'll know that some great musicians... Some writers and poets have been blind and, of course, they're able to tell us something which very often we never saw or never uh, thought about. Today, we hear of a blind man in the Gospel story called Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. This blind man, uh, as it works out, is no hero of anyone. He's reduced simply to begging by his lack of sight. He sits near the walls of Jericho. If you know your Old Testament, you'll know something about the walls of Jericho, that Joshua in the Old Testament marches round the walls of of Jericho, blows the trumpets, and the walls themselves fall down. The only thing that's happening in this sultry day in which Jesus himself is at the walls of Jericho 
is that a voice is crying out, the voice of Bartimaeus. The Greek words that are used for him calling out uh, are, are kind of mild in the English form. But in the Greek form, what we actually hear is the nature of the voice. It's a screeching, squawking voice like a crow. And that gives you some idea then of what it must have sounded like to those who were round about, a kind of grating voice that will not be silenced. To his pitiful cries of healing, Jesus does indeed give him his sight back. He miraculously sees again. It's interesting at the end of the story that Jesus dismisses the man Bartimaeus, simply tells him to go away, and what he means about that is to go back to his life and be healthy again. But instead of that, he doesn't go away. What it simply tells us is that he follows Jesus. We never hear of Bartimaeus again in the stories of the New Testament. I often wonder myself whether Bartimaeus actually existed. Or is he a kind of device in the New Testament to tell us something else? The contrast between blindness and seeing that contrast between uh, knowing things, insight, and ignorance and foolishness. For this is certainly a theme that the New Testament itself returns to over and over again, about people seeing and people not understanding, about people having faith and people not having any faith whatsoever. There is, is, as you know, uh, plenty of people who disappear in the New Testament, They appear at one moment and they disappear at the next. They're like actors appearing on stage and then disappearing. But we know, if we know anything about the New Testament, that it is a very subtle book which uh, very often intends more than what it appears at first sight. The cures in the New Testament and the miracles are not only miracles and cures, but very often they are about something else. They're much more than just the physical restoration of health. There's often something that lies beyond it. It's clear, we know, isn't it, that it is possible uh, that not everyone is blind, uh, is deprived of physical vision. It's possible to see things and yet not see things. At the same time, not really uh, to see them as they are. It's possible to see and not want to see what's in front of our eyes. It's possible to be deceived by what we are seeing very often in life. There's a saying, isn't there, that there's none as blind as the blind. Blindness itself, I don't have to tell you, can be a dangerous thing, not just the physical blindness, but other kinds of blindness. It's possible to see things and yet be blind. It's possible to be blind to the harm that we do. It's possible to be blind to our interior prejudices. It's possible to be caught up in ourselves and to be blind to the pain that we inflict on others. Blindness itself is not just about seeing physically around about us, but there are many forms of blindness. Blindness that affects all sorts of human beings. 
Sometimes, as the story of Bartimaeus has told us, we very much kind of take on board that sense that he is cured of his blindness. But some very often are condemned to a life of darkness and wretchedness, very like Bartimaeus himself. But the curing of Bartimaeus gives a different outcome, doesn't it? We don't always have to be blind, the miracle tells us. The scales can fall from our eyes. Light can enter into the darkness of our own lives. We don't have to stumble about. Bartimaeus is the man who can see again. And in the end, he doesn't want to leave Jesus as he is commanded to do, but he simply wants to follow him. Why would you not want to follow him, the man who has given you your sight back? You wouldn't want to leave him. You would always want to be at his side. What a great thing at the end of the day is to be somehow relieved or released from your blindness. To be released from that other kind of blindness, which is a blindness of ignorance. To be released from the blindness of prejudice. To understand sometimes, once again, how you were mistaken in a situation. What a great thing it is not to be blind anymore. I wonder then, and I put it to you, that maybe really the story of Bartimaeus is all about this. It's all about walls that fall down. Walls like the walls of Jericho that fall down in the Old Testament. But now there are new walls that fall down in the New Testament. Walls of prejudice, walls of fear, walls that blind us from the reality of the things that are around about us and release us to be who we should be. We invite the boys and girls who are to be enrolled for the sacrament of confirmation to come here to the front beside the altar. boys and girls. My, my, you're a big number of boys and girls today. It's great to see you. Would you like to just sit down just for a wee moment? I don't know if you heard in the first reading of today's Mass, it was all about joyfulness. And I kind of feel a kind of surge of joy as I see all of you gathered here today uh, to see all your wee faces looking at me today uh, and I always get a wee bit kind of nostalgic when I see you because I kind of remember you when you were just wee boys and girls, kind of weeer than you are at present uh, when you came to the primary school and some of you when you were just wee boys and girls being brought to the font over there for your baptism I've been here that long I can remember all the, those things so it's great to see you here today and it's great to know that you're at this stage in this moment of your own life uh, where you're about to be confirmed. Uh, and very often it's been my privilege to be able to give you uh, baptism and reconciliation and first communion and also now to see you uh, confirmed. 
and if I'm long enough here, I'll be able to see you married. <laughs> There's a thought, but I think I'll be coming out with my Zimmer at that stage. <laughs> so I'm delighted to, to have you here today. You know that you, you know that you're going to be confirmed, and I just want to tell you a wee bit about what confirmation is. You know that some people like to go to the gym, don't you? Maybe your mums and dads like to go to the gym. And why do they go to the gym? You don't know why they go to the gym? Is it to get away from you? <laughs> no, it's not that, is it? They get, what, stronger, don't they? They go to get stronger. And the sacrament of confirmation is just exactly like that. They, it's all about getting stronger. Now, a long time ago, uh, for most of you, when you were baptised, you received into your own heart the love of God. And so what the sacrament of confirmation does is make you stronger in that love of God. Makes you stronger. You know if you've got a kind of a, a dilating orange, don't you? You know, like that kind of dilating orange that you sometimes use. If you, if you put more water into it, what does it become? It becomes weaker and weaker, doesn't it? Well, this is the opposite of that. Uh, uh, you're meant to become stronger. It's meant to be like a stronger and stronger through the sacrament of confirmation. So today uh, you're going to be enrolled for that. That doesn't mean today that you're going to be confirmed because somebody else is going to come and confirm you. know who, who's going to come and confirm you? Who comes to confirm you? Who is it? Bishop Toll. Uh, Bishop Toll is going to come, so, so, so that's a very special occasion uh, when he comes. So he's going to come and confer, confer that sacrament on you. Uh, and in that moment, you will be confirmed uh, and become full members, if you like, of the church. So that will be a very special day in your, in your own life. And I want you, before that day arrives, uh, to promise, not just me, but to promise everybody here and to promise the whole church that you will prepare as well as you can. And that's all I'm going to ask you, to prepare as well as you can, to take the moment very seriously, to think and pray about it, and to get yourself as ready as you can for that moment. You think you'll be able to do that? That's good. So I'd like you just to stand if you can. Dear young people, you have come here today for preparation for the Sacrament of Confirmation and to be enrolled as candidates. On the day of your baptism, you received the grace of Christian life. On that day of baptism, you received the promise of a new life which you are living out now and will live out till the end of your days in the hope of an eternal life. Through the sacrament of confirmation, God confirms that gift in you. He confirms that he has chosen you and that he loves you. He confirms that he is guiding you and will be with you in your life. And in the sacrament, he gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit to reach a bountiful and fruitful goodness in your life. To receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you must open the doors of your own heart and I especially ask you to do this. And so I now ask you, why have you come to church today? In what ways can you prepare for this sacrament? In the sacrament of confirmation, we say that you are anointed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. You must allow yourselves to be guided by God's Spirit and not your own will. Will you do that? The manner of your life is important. How you live your life and what you do. 
that it should reflect what you believe? Do you promise to strive to make what you believe to be reflected in what you do? May God, who has begun this good work in you, bring it to completion. I now accept you on behalf of the Church as candidates for this sacrament. I ask you to give the children some applause. I ask you to return to your seats, please. Please stand. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all the ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father, and through him all things were made. For as men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate to the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. With confidence we make our prayers to our Heavenly Father for all our needs. Lord, lead us by the light of your love. Give us strength to continue to trust in your unfailing love for us and for all mankind. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. We pray today especially for the children from our parish who are here to enroll for the sacrament of confirmation. Watch over them, Lord, and guide them as they prepare in the coming months to receive this sacrament. Lord, hear us. Lord, gracious We remember, Lord, in our prayers, their fa- parents, families, Father Morton, our parish community, and our teachers as they work together to prepare the children. Lord, hear us. For the sake of our parish and our communities, that they may find hope, peace, and comfort in our prayers. Lord, hear us. May those who have gone before us find peace in our everlasting arms, and may those who mourn know the comfort of your internal love. Lord, hear us. I ask you especially to remember in your prayers those that were victims in the train disaster in Taiwan, those that were caught in the storms in Trinidad and Tobago in Mexico, and of course all of those who lost their lives in the synagogue and the killings that took place in the United States of America. Behold before us the past and the present. Behold before us the desires of so many hearts. You who are the Lord of human history and the Lord of every human heart. Be with us, Christ Jesus, eternal Son of God, be with us. We ask this through the same Christ, our Lord. Please be seated. Please join in hymn number 672, Walk in the Light.
that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Look, we pray, O Lord, in the offerings we make to you, that whatever is done by us in your service may be directed above all to your glory, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. He's the Word through whom you made all things. He's our Saviour and Redeemer, made incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin. Fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people, he stretched out his hands as he endured his passion, so as to break the bonds of death and manifest the resurrection. And so with the angels and the saints, we declare your glory as with one voice we acclaim.
are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. And in a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. As we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also all our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, and with him, and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope in the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. And now let's offer one another a sign of peace and friendship.
he gave sight to the blind that we may walk in the light. Happy are those who are called to his supper. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
please join in hymn number 163, Be Still and Know I Am With You. Let us pray. May your sacraments, O Lord, we pray, perfect in us what lies within them, that when we now, what we now celebrate in signs, we may one day possess in truth through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks to all the boys and girls for attending the Mass today and for being enrolled in this special sacrament. Thanks to the parents and families who are here with them as well, and the sponsors as well too. Thanks to the school community of St Brides for the preparation of the young children, and thanks for their presence here along with the head teacher, some members of the staff that are here with us today as well. So thanks very much for all that. Thanks for the Mission Sunday collection last week, and of course that's an important thing for the missionaries, and thank you for responding so well to that. During the course of the week, there's a holiday of obligation, and I ask you just to uh, be mindful of that, and the times are in the parish bulletin uh, for Masses. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Please join in our final hymn, number 439, Christ Be Our Light.
looking for peace.